Our scripture reading comes from Romans 3, 10 through 24. As it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside, together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave, they use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, yep, last week, I don't know what was going on, I was sick. Um, and uh, that's all I'll tell you. Um, if you're hanging out, I don't have a problem discussing bodily functions and fluids and all that stuff, but I'm preaching and it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, so I had it and then Clark had it and I felt so bad for him. Dad, what should I do? Just got to suffer. Um, but I'm back and I thought I was back. And then on Monday, you know, I was feeling a little better, feeling hungry and Kelly cooked chicken, some ribs, and I couldn't say no. But my stomach did. <laughs> but I was better. You know how you feel better and you still be hungry, but your stomach be sore? <laughs> but the food looked good? And then later it ain't good? That was me. It was a 24-hour thing that I turned into a 48-hour thing because <laughs> of food. It's her fault. If she had just made chicken noodle soup, then anyway, we're good. Um, same thing with Clark, right? He was feeling better after 24 hours. Dad, can I get the number 10 at Wendy's? Being the good father I am, sure you can. 24 hours turned to 48 hours for him, too. It's becoming a family curse. Um, but moving on, y'all. Um, Charles, who preached last week, thank God for uh, Charles, who stepped in. I, um, I, I texted him about 2 in the morning. And, you know, I think Kelly texted him about 12. But I had two more hours of pride, so... I was thinking in two hours, if I pray real hard, since I'm a pretty good person, I'd be healed. It didn't work. I haven't tried to own healing hand on me. It didn't work. <laughs> so 
Um, but please pray for Charles because he's sick today. He got a fever, right? So he stayed home. Okay. So that's it. That's our little melodramatic church situation. Um, where do I go from here? Let's go to the sermon. We continue in our sermon series, Explicit Lyrics of the Faith. And last time I was up here, we learned about the Christian belief that our God, that's the Christian God, is the only God. And this week's week makes a lot of sense on the heels of that. Because if we fail to see or believe in the one and only God of the Bible as God, it is not because there is no God or that he has a God-sized media and communications problem, but because the Bible teaches we have a human-sized problem with God. Why? Because the Bible explicitly teaches and tells us that though we human beings are by far the most amazing of God's creation and do some amazing and awesome and beautiful things, that at the same time, we are basically bad. That's right. You heard it right against so many niceties about the human soul, mind, and heart, saying, we are basically good. I hear it all the time in the news. I hear it all the time when people talk. We're all just basically good, so, and they follow up with something. We are not basically good. But basically, the Bible teaches basically and at core and naturally bad. This is an explicit lyric, and this explicit lyric of the faith should be troubling to you because since the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden, the fact of our depravity, as they call it, has been nothing but trouble for us in our world and our relationships with each other and most importantly, the relationship with our God. Human fallenness, brokenness, sinfulness, badness, if you will means three things that we'll focus on today from this overwhelming and very direct passage in Romans. First of all, we ain't right. We ain't right. Secondly, we can't get right. And finally, we can only receive righteousness. We ain't right, number one. We can't get right, number two. We can only receive right righteousness i've said this in the past from the pulpit but if you want to to vibe in conversation with 90 percent uh, 90 percent of the time with anyone of any faith or no faith all you have to do is start with a statement like this things just ain't right or things ain't how they should be everybody agrees with that but if you want to get into a fight 90% of the time with any person of any faith, all you have to say or start with is this statement. Things ain't right because you ain't right. Or you can be more inclusive and say, because we ain't right. But it's true. 
The Bible teaches that this world is not right because the people who are in it and live out in it ain't right. And when I say ain't right, I mean in their being, in their nature, that human beings ain't right because we are all naturally born sinful and naturally born sinners. And yes, that word sin seems to be only be a Christian word, right? That's left over from some archaic past, sin. But yes, that word sin is the key in this discussion of human badness, if you will. It is a word that is withheld and thrown out a lot without understanding what it means for who we really are. Look with me at verses 11 through 13 in your reading. It says, none is righteous, no, not one, no one understands. And no one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps, it got to say that word right, is under their lips. So sin means not having or wanting or desiring or understanding God and what it means to have the God of the Bible as Lord. It means being in opposition. It means set against, missing deliberately, overlooking God in word, thought, or deed. And let me make this clear too. Ready? Listen, listen now. Sin does not mean being bad in your own assessment of being bad. Or the world's assessment of being bad right now in 2015, right? It means God's assessment and revelation of what unrighteousness is in the Bible. Sinful means being and having and not having and not being what's necessary to be acceptable to a holy, holy, holy God. When we would do evangelism explosion, Kelly and I, we were a member of this church in St. Louis when I was in seminary, and that's how they did their evangelism and let people know about the church is EE, which is evangelism explosion. And you would go door to door and knock on people's door and you'd ask them a series of questions. I don't know if some of you remember these questions, if you were ever in that. But we would ask them to convince them of what it meant to be sinful, this question. Would you eat a three-egg omelet if it only had one bad egg? And they would say, of course, no, to eating a two-thirds good omelet if it had only 33.3333% contaminants in it. Uh, Unfortunately, that 33.333% makes it a bad omelet, and we would throw that out or throw it up, right? It would make sense then that a perfect and holy God would consider us not good, only if we were even just a little broken, a little fallen, a, a little heartbroken and a little upset with God, right? A little different in our thinking and our heart than what God would want or originally designed us to be. That would make us and define us before a holy God who created us originally to walk perfectly before him as still broken, still bad, regardless of how much good there is in and around us. And Paul tells us why. By saying no one seeks good. No one means everyone 
everyone has sin and ain't right. That because of the sin of Adam and, Adam and Eve, our original parents in the garden, the original sin against God, and, and now, right, we multiply like one of those bread starter things that's hundreds and thousands of, of years old. And no, we are not as bad as we could be. Let me make that clear. But we are oftentimes worse than we are willing to admit or see. And so scripture admits what we can't. No, not one is righteous. And no, not one is good. It's very clear. And yet we go around saying we're basically good. Or thinking, we're basically good. Okay, let me look at it again. No, not one is righteous. No, not one is good. We're basically good. It just doesn't make sense. Someone has to be right here. Scripture is correct. You know what I hate sometimes? Car inspections. Don't you hate them things? First, you got to do it. And I always forget, I've been to court a lot of times in Charlotte not for anything felony-based, right? Just because a little tag, because I didn't go get my car inspected, and you got to go to those little shops and pick the right one, and you'll get through, right? And it ain't supposed to work like that. My man will hook you up. You ain't supposed to work like that. But still forget, and you don't go to those things. And if you go to the wrong person, it can all come down to something called emissions. Emissions. That's why you get an old car. It's just a safety check. But emissions, right, which can come down to what has happened to me, your catalytic converter. Some of y'all know what a catalytic converter is, not because you're an engineer or something like that, just because you went to the inspector and they said, catalytic converter's bad. And then it's all this O2 sensor and all this stuff, and you're like, what in the world? I put gas in it, I get the oil change. Catalytic converter, come on, man. One of the smallest pieces on your exhaust part of your engine. Right, Dave? Is that right? Okay. That is insignificant to how the car actually runs and functions. NASCAR cars don't have catalytic converters, do they? They run great <laughs> and fast. In fact, they run better without it. But if that thing is not there or is malfunctioning, your emissions reading will go through the roof and you will fail. And then you have to get a new one and it isn't cheap. And those car guys are waiting for the catalytic converter people. And you, yet your car will run fine without it all because of the law of the land. Maybe some owls or something or some turtles or I don't know. Some birds or trees might melt or something. I don't know. The environment will go bad is my point. But trust me, I will be dead and gone to heaven before my car actually creates that. So I'll be fine. By that time, Harrison and Clark's generation will create some kind of mask or something for you. I don't know. But forget the catalytic converter. Here's the point. A so-called good person, a high-performing, safe, never-let-you-down person misses the mark is defective in the eyes of God if they just miss one part of what his perfect law, now get this, not only in action, but in heart 
and mind and purpose, right, and, 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 and motive, but being sinful automatically means not just being and having sin, but that you are a sinner who will actually do sin. Look at verse 12 through 17. It says, all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good. No, not even one, right? Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. And that asp thing is like the sack in the mouth of the venomous snake and it's filled with poison. Their mouth is full of curses and, and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery. And the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I know this is pretty graphic when he talks about no, not one, right? And, and most of us would look at most of ourselves and, and most everyone else and think, yeah, there are a few bad apples in this world who are like this description, who are deceptive and poisonous and deadly and make others suffer. Those folk end up on the news and stuff, right? But that's not us. And I think we all can admit that we don't, do not always do good even by the rules we set for ourselves. Even if our intentions are good, we fail and miss. And like it or not, according to what this passage is teaching, we miss because we are amiss somewhere in here. But most of us like that poisonous, let me go and say it, three-egg omelet. It's automatically poisonous if you have one bad poison egg, right? right? Or the car with a defective catalytic converter. Though we look good on the surface and shiny and might even smell good, and we might even flip right in the pan, you know, when you get the omelet right, and we might even perform like a champ, come across as a perfect dad or mom or friend and accomplish a lot of great things and milestones. But like that car and that omelet, we are in our relationships and in our acts and in our works in our well-intended actions, we are going around letting out and offering and filling the world, our relationship with God and others and nature itself, Paul is saying here, with offensive motives and actions, with sometimes, now, now hear this carefully, invisible but eventually sin-deadly behavior with undetectable ways. Those are things that are outside of God's biblical inspection. That's why the apostle says, all the bad stuff is behind the veneer of very good stuff, like the throat being a grave, and a mouth, a tongue having poison, and the feet, which are good things, right? Behind that, they're, they're running to do something wrong. Behind it in normal human actions, without the recognition and submission and following of the law of God to, to, to the law of God to perfection in verse 13, depth and deception, venom in verse 14, curses and bitterness and violence in verse 15, and misery and ruin and war and abuse and abandonment and irresponsibility. in our everyday actions, just being a regular good human being is like running a polluting car that looks good and drives good, but is choking out and killing everybody else and even your relationship with God. Man, I bet you didn't realize you had all that in you. 
that humans were so amazingly good at being so bad and destructive, and, and that we are sinners outright and, and outright and in the core, polluting and poisoning. And then I hear this now. The reason we're polluting and poisoning is because somehow we think it is okay to live our lives without God. That somehow we're okay. See, here's the problem with saying we're good, we're okay, we're not that bad, we don't need God in every part of our lives, we're running it all right, we're just trying to make it, man. We, 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 you know, we, we, we imperfect, everybody's just trying to do the best they can. When everyone does the best they can, it creates poison. That we're having this unprotected even relations with the world and, and each other and God with confidence that we are not so bad and feeling good. And because of that, we not only sometimes go ahead and sin. Let me tell you what we'll do. Sometimes our lives are running so well, right? We're doing so many good things and, and we feel so good about ourselves. And people are affirming us apart from a relationship in Christ or a repentance to God and what we're doing and, and looking to him, that we will actually rewrite the rules to fit how good we really are doing. We'll rewrite the rules and standards for what it means to be good and bad. I do it all the time. It's not that bad. You know why? Because blah, blah, blah. That ain't in the Bible. I do my own commentary on the Bible. And it's funny, how huh? When you try to do your own commentary on what it means to be holy and righteous, you end up with an opposite of what it really says eventually. But we justify ourselves. We think it's okay to sin sometimes. Who told you it was okay to sin? Here's a hard one to hear, right? Yes, because we live in the flesh, the Bible tells us that we will sin, we will fall, we will make mistakes, we will mess up relations, we will forget God, we won't worship him the way he's supposed to be worshiped. But in our mind, this is how we've rewritten the rules. It's okay to sin a little bit. It's human, right? What's God's definition of human, humanity the way he created it? <laughs> I think about this sometimes. What if you got a car, a brand new car, you paid your money for it, and the bumper falls off? Oh, well, it's a bumperless good car. Let's just go with it. Or you buy a brand new car in July, air conditioner don't work. It's all right. A little heat won't hurt. It's a car. It's fine. Nobody does that. You take something home and it breaks, you back in the store the next day. Why is it your righteousness can be that way, but God's can't? Why is it that you think you can return something to the store made by a human being? You know it's going to break up, man. I was digging fence posts. I knew this was going to make the sermon somehow. I was fixing the fence at, my, at our house, which is close to here. We're renting it out. And somebody, one of the tenants was like, hey, could you fix the fence? Because kind of botch. Man, I studied fixing a fence for days. Studied. I'm not a fence kind of person, y'all. I'm a studier. I'm a concept guy, right? So I'm looking at YouTube. I'm seeing these guys fix it and work it. I'm like, that's easy. 
because I understand it. What happened, y'all? For you engineering, like, fix-it guys, how do y'all do it? How do you go from YouTube to actually being out there? Brad, how do you do it? How do you fix something? Lee, how do you do it? Dave with the car, how do y'all do it? I look on YouTube for two weeks. And then I actually get there. And it don't be the same thing as on that TV. I got that one-man auger. Micah, day before, don't rent the one-man post-digging auger. Don't do it. Get the two-man one. What do I say? I'm not like other men. <laughs> Why would a man who's worth one and a half men, he can handle a one-man auger and almost a two-man auger, right? I pulled the thing the first time and the little handle came off. I don't even remember what, what, what I was using this illustration for now. <laughs> the point is, like, when, I, when I went to make that thing work, and I pulled it, the knob came off, and then another knob fell off, I went right back to Home Depot Rental and got another one. Because of one working right, I couldn't get done what I was supposed to get done, and I'm already mistaken, but somehow in our minds, we think it's okay for God to take us, and it's fine if things break off, it's fine if it don't work right. That's not what a holy God works like. We rewrite the rules. All right, I'm going to go too long if I keep telling my little stories. Then we just start outright sinning. Simply put, human beings, we ain't right because we are sinful sinners. But the hard part is we can't get right either. Let me tell you, when human beings, according to the Bible here, try to make right their ain't rightness, right? It all comes out wrong and not good. And that includes the failure to get right through religion or being a good human, right? Look at verse 19 and 20 with me. It says here, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by the works of the law, no human being. Wow, that's everybody. Even good old grandma, right? No human being. Wait, maybe Mother Teresa. No, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes knowledge of sin. He's speaking to two groups here, just to let you know. The Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were the religious people who actually had and received the Ten Commandments and claimed they were righteous, but they too changed the rules of righteousness, believing that if they followed the law well enough, the do's and don'ts, that they would, just, they would be just good enough for God, that a mechanical religious relationship with God would work. But Paul says that the law of God seen in Scripture definitely shows us what is right and wrong and good and bad, but it does not help have the power in doing it to make you righteous because you can't do it do it perfectly right you can't do it perfectly it just shows you your flaws and shortcomings being religious will not get you right it does not make you good doing all the right biblical things does not make you good it may be a means of showing you and guiding you to righteous behavior and yes it shows you how a person can love God and love others but our religious works do not make us righteous before God Man, when the Jews read this, they're like, what? 
Seriously. We know righteous people because we got the law and we work real hard to follow it. Great, but there's no power in it to make you righteous. And if you thought that, you read it wrong in the first place. Because you can read the whole Old Testament. It is the same thing Paul is teaching in the New Testament. It's just a little different way of explaining it. But their heart should have realized, even in the Old Testament, that just by doing all those rules and laws and all the ins and outs wasn't the thing that made them righteous before God. Pastor Brown, I came to church today to be righteous. I'm sorry. It can lead you to the place of righteousness, but you cannot be made righteous just by coming in here and sitting in here and singing and thinking you're good. And if being religious won't make us any good, then for sure just being a good humanitarian won't make us good. When the Apostle Paul lists all these things, right, about the poison and, and, and the throat being like an open grave. And when it talks about the feet going swiftly to, to, to kill, and it says there's no fear of God between, I mean, fear of God before their eyes. He is saying that human beings apart from God try to get right, that we try our best. I know good people, good that is in quotes, they try their best to be godly. And Paul is saying something really ironic and it goes through the whole beginning part of Romans. Here's the bad news. The harder you try to be good, the worse and deeper your sin becomes when you try to be good without God. You ever tried to convince a good person that the gospel is true? They're the hardest people right? Hey, look, Jesus died for your sins. I'm doing pretty good. I don't need no Jesus. Right? Because somehow, what's that last verse saying? Verse 20, is that 20 or 19? There is no fear of God in their eyes, right? So they don't even fear God. They don't care. They don't fear God because they think they're doing pretty good. Hey, look, I gave my money to help here. I'm working with my neighbors. I'm a good worker in the community. Hey, I did something for Habitat for Humanity. I did this. I send my money here. I care about the spotted owl. I, I, I swam with the dolphins last year. It doesn't matter. I don't vote a straight ticket. Good. I assess every candidate. Blah, 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 blah. I put the right comments on the comment page. Oh, go on, man. Go sit somewhere. Because what happened without seeking God for help, the Bible says they don't even understand God. They turn away from God and trying to do it. They make it worse. I was having one of my theologically deep, weekly philosophical discussions with Lee Thompson over hash browns and over easy eggs on styrofoam plate over at Sammy's Deli on Pecan. Boy, some deep stuff be happening in there. We be talking deep. And Lee said he saw this video, right? A primate justice. And then that when one chimp got out of line too far, that this mob of so-called justice would maul the poor chimp, sometimes to death, but definitely to deformity. One chimp do something wrong? Woo! It's, it's on, right? What's the message? Don't mess with chimps. They'll kill you. But don't mess with us, right? Don't mess with our righteousness. We don't like Christians and God and Jesus and anybody messing.
messing with our righteousness in this society. And let me tell you the new phenomenon. The new phenomenon, the new way to righteousness is this thing. Man, you get a video on one of these of somebody doing something wrong. And I'm not against justice, of course, that if they capture something, somebody getting shot, beat, and it's wrong, that's good. We need to expose some stuff. But we like the chimps, y'all. Ain't we? When something ain't, that's fine. I have an English degree. I can use it. We in a Twitter age. I don't have, understand half of what they're saying, so don't give me a hard time on ain't. That's it. No more BFF. See? Okay, guys, I, 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 we can't go for two hours here. So listen, but we have this new phenomenon of catching stuff on video or text or Twitter or whatever and being able to distribute it quickly to, to the world moral mob having the courtroom of mass virtual human moral opinion. And more often than not, we go on a tear of destroying each other to maiming what we set out to protect our humanity. And we do it with a, do it with a primal rage of, of needing justice and wanting justice, right? And change and betterment and all of this broken world. I don't know what drives us to be so mean, to rage with self-righteous meanness. I mean, this is what Paul's saying. Death and poison and stuff between each other online. I believe maybe frustration of deep down knowing that it just won't ever get right. Or maybe it's that ironically, in our judgmental, anonymous, unaccountable, gossiping, slandering ways, we are just for a minute getting a chance to feel good about ourselves at someone else's condemning expense. Or maybe we're just angry that in that person or something that person did, we see ourselves and just how rotten we and our world is, and we want to destroy them. We rage against bad, our popular definition of what is bad at the time in that generation. Not with godliness, because we have forgotten God, or even good ways for goodness sakes. We pummel each other with poison and violence, and for you quiet ones, negligence and apathy, taking sides and no peace. Get this, as we seek to expose evil and instill morals, we fight and kill, and in the end, do more polluting and damage, sharing our viewpoints and doing our thing. Human righteousness is death to the human race. You know, I watched the Avengers' latest movie. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil it completely. I'm just going to explain it to you. It's been long enough, y'all. If a movie ends up with a dollar show, I can spoil it. Sorry. Should have seen it by now. And that enemy Ultron, he was right. He was a computer program of artificial intelligence going gone wrong with right motives. He was actually programmed to protect human beings against destruction from the outside. And he came up with the most logical and honest conclusion. Ultron figured out, like the computer and iRobot, same story, that all human bad behavior and good attempts to make things better end up in basically the same place. A whole lot of not good things happening. For this person or country, people to be happy, someone else had to be sad and poor. For this person's way of life to be happy, to happen, someone else had to be mistreated. We are always, and we are always coming up with new ways to promote our own good and hurt someone else we think is against it. Ultron decided rightly with wrong action that the human problem was humanity itself. And that we didn't need protection against something or someone else. 
We, in his words, unevolved humanity was the problem. So the best in his mind to get rid of the problem and start over. Man, I'm like, that's kind of true. Just save me. But that's kind of true. I'll work with you, Ultron. It was funny. He had his like minions with him who were humans. And at one part of the movie, he's like, you know, humans are the problem. And he looked over at them and they were like, that's us too. Yeah. Listen, like Ultron, we know what the problem is. But unlike him, we are afraid to be honest. And unlike a computer program of artificial intelligence, we feel the problem. We live in sin, lies, lives in us. And I think most of humanity wants security and worth and peace. We want to get the poison out of our society. We are tired of suffering and we all need love. But we ain't right and can't get right in those longings of wanting is without wanting what the God of the Bible wants. As perfectly as he deserves and wants it, we will not get right. So what do we do in our explicit faith about us being basically bad besides the fact that we ain't right and can't get right? That humans, that's you and me, and everyone can only hear this now. We can only receive right. See, when I miss a week, I just like talking up here with y'all. Please excuse me. But we try to get it by being religious and approving something to God in ourselves. And we can't get it by doing enough good for each other and nature and dogs and cats and Mother Earth and all that stuff. In fact, we will, we will do right by and through those things only as we receive a right we can't be and get for ourselves. Look with me at verse 21 in conclusion here. It says here, but the, now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Sorry, I read that right? Yes. Through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of glory. God, we know that. We already discussed that. And are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You know what's amazing? more striking than your depravity. It's God's love. God has freely chosen to love broken human beings like you and me. You know, if you ever wondered what pure love looks like in a very unpure world, here you go. Let me say that again. If you ever want to know what love is, here you go. God shows his love to sinners like you and me by giving us what we can't get for ourselves but need so badly. Righteousness. Divinely acceptable goodness that we can actually say, guess what? I stand righteous. You can't say that without any, any way, anything you can do. You cannot say with absolute truth and hope and authority, I stand righteous even as a fallen, broken person. I don't want to get too technical for you comic book people. I'm not one of them, so if I get too technical, I'll mess up. But someone out of, somehow out of Ultron, which is like the law, came a new superhero, Avenger, called the Vision. Out of the law comes a vision. And the vision spoke to Ultron at the end, who is the law. And he, Ultron let him know the humans will never be perfect on earth. And the vision agreed. But he added this. They deserve to be redeemed and helped. Because when you look at them, you can't help but recognize that they have a certain grace about them. 
God looks upon and helps and redeem us broken humans with grace if we are saved by Jesus. And he gives us this grace because he has freely chosen to love us. There's an old song that says, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. God decided something radical. That if loving sinners was wrong for a holy God, then he would do what it took to make us right. This is how he did it. The apostles telling us, remember the poison omelet and polluting car? God sent Jesus, God come into flesh, to be poisoned by our sin and like our divine catalytic converter, bearing our sin pollution and converting our old souls into new so that before God we could pass his righteous inspection and begin and grow more and more to live for and love and enjoy God and others forever. Now we might be bad, but the gift of God in Christ is the one good piece of purely good news left on earth. Why is this statement good news? If we admit our brokenness and turn to God's gift of grace in Jesus Christ, we will know and experience the love of God. Stop trying on your own. We are basically bad. But God in Christ is completely and wholly good. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in the midst of our brokenness, you loved us. Help us to see and know that the righteousness that is necessary and the righteousness that we need is not in ourselves, but is in Christ. It's the love of God that he just chose to do it. Help us to remember that love when we try to love ourselves outside of Christ, when we fail to love our world outside of Christ. Help us to remember, Lord, where righteousness comes. Oh, Lord, I pray for these people. They're so hard on themselves. They try to be their savior. We all do. Help us to turn to the gift of God that gives us relief. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.